1: Welcome to the Tango Alpha Lima Experience. That was crazy. And this is my name is Jeff Daly of the Michigan Dailies. And I am here with my favorite current co-host, Ashley Marie Gorbuja Maldonado.
2: Favorite current co-host. Okay, you were kind of on a roll at some point where I was getting all these like terms of affection, like, oh, the wonderful, the fantastic, the amazing, like... I need those. Okay.
1: Well, let's just say that you weren't my least favorite. So we are there.
2: All right. I'll allow it. Moving on. <laughs> Good to see you, bud. Good to see you. Good to hear Good you. Good
1: to see you. Now, I don't know if you guys have noticed, Ashley and I are getting a small dose of what season three will bring. Yes. Mr. C- Mr. C. V. our national judge advocate is out doing national judge advocacy katie things so he is not being with us today he with a scheduling conflict so we'll be recording a couple of episodes without him do not fear my friends though he will be back before the end of season two so you're going to want to tune in for all of that goodness but for now i see you're wearing a shirt i'm wearing a shirt you're fiddling with things i think there's i think there's some context behind that what's going on ashley
2: Okay, so if you didn't catch some of the stories and all the live interviews, the Tank Alpha Lima crew was in New York City for Veterans Day. So we got to, oh yeah, represent. It was amazing. We got to hang out with Department of New York, Department of New Jersey. We got to go to the uh, Lieutenant B.R. Uh, Kim Lau Chinese Memorial Post, 1291. So that's kind of like, I, that's some of the gear that they gave us. I mean, what an amazing group. Oh, just the New York parade. Um, Wait, hold on.
1: Let's not go through everything right away. Backing up. We're going to go back to this post thing. And they took us to an amazing, amazing dinner. Oh, yes, That was so awesome. Delicious. And they told told me that it was authentic uh, Chinese. And I was, it was Cantonese, so it's not spicy. But I'm like. Are you sure this is authentic? I haven't seen any of this at Panda Express. I'm glad they laughed
2: but oh my gosh, <laughs> you didn't! I'm. So- we were sitting at separate tables. If I had been sitting at the same table, my head, my hand would have been in the back of your head so quick. I'd be like, "What are you doing? Unreal!" Hey, you know, I'm Unreal. just saying that's ah. I had so a great besides, time. I had a great time They just kept too. putting food in front of me. They were just like, "Here, try this. Try this," and I was like, "Yes, yes, please." I'm like you know her you know know me well yes
1: (laughs) so after after that though the reason why we were in town was to see the uh new york city veterans day parade Mm -hmm. which was fantastic i'll give you my one of my takeaways first uh that was not the day to drown because i'm pretty sure the entire coast guard was there there were coast guard people everywhere if you need a search and rescue i hope you got supplies till tomorrow Because they're busy working this parade it was awesome did uh what did you what did you enjoy seeing at the parade
2: so i enjoyed all of the just genuine camaraderie so there were a lot of different groups that were there there were like veterans from their college campuses that were present you had all the service branches you had the department of new york uh, as well as department of new jersey american legion Uh, a lot of folks just there to support. And I think what was so, or at least what left me awestruck is as you're walking the parade, you know, you're, you're looking down Fifth Avenue or up Fifth Avenue, I don't know, Uptown, Downtown, that, that just confuses me, but that's not this point. So I'm walking and I just, I see the Empire State Building and I'm just in the middle of Fifth Avenue, like waving. And there's just all these amazing people saying, thank you for your service. And I was just flooded with emotions. I was definitely feeling a certain way. I felt so much pride in my own contributions to, to, you know, to country and now community as as someone in a second service capacity. So it was profound. I've never seen anything like it. We met amazing people. We got to interview people. We got to interview folks that were part of our uh, 9-11 series, which was great um, to you know, again, meeting the, the folks at um, you know, the Chinese Memorial post, uh, 1291 to see their, their place of uh, the establishment and all of the history on their walls. It, it left an imprint on me. That's those are my thoughts.
1: They had, they had so much history there. And, and also in the parade, I did, I loved seeing, uh, the, the regular New Yorkers just out and about and how, uh, how enthusiastic they were for this parade and the, the signs that they held up. I mean, some of those signs and, and seeing that, I'm gonna get his age wrong, I don't know, he's 102 or 105, the World War II vet uh, that was there and everyone spoke to him and gave him the respect that, I mean, quite frankly, he's earned probably numerous times over. If the Marine Corps hadn't removed my tear ducts, it, it might've been an embarrassing moment so let's be glad for that thank you eagle globe and anchor so so
2: oh. no, I, I definitely should i at one point right as we hit like the red carpet and i was like looking like panning from left to right um and then right towards the end when we did see the world war ii uh, uh veteran i there, there were a few moments like there was there was a woman who was holding a, a photo of either her son or her husband who was likely you know killed in action um and that was really powerful and i know that you know mark and i talked about that afterwards and like how moving that was and i guess both mark and i still have our tear ducks because we we definitely had a bonding moment afterwards just kind of expressing how how we felt as service members and our continued contributions to the legion and how everything just kind of comes full circle and why what we do is so important
1: right and it's it's interesting well mark still has his tear ducks cuz he didn't actually he didn't see that woman, and he told me, "I'm glad I." If he had saw her here, he would have, he would have had to exit because he would have been. Did
2: a, I think he did like a corner a corner of the eye. I think he might have, but he definitely was like, "I got to keep it together right now," you know. Yeah. But he was very. I, I know he's not here, but he just was going. He was shaking hands. I had. I have never seen that. I have never seen that side of CB. He was just. He was just in like full he had a... glory. He's just very it felt very politician i was he was like shaking hands you know i was just i was blown away i i think he, he, did, had not kiss,
1: he did not he did kiss not babies, babies. Though, he did not kiss babies he did not kiss babies though <laughs> but he had a he had a spring in his step because uh mm. somebody else was there in our entourage
2: did he he's... oh oh <laughs> yes yes <laughs> and so that? so my husband joined us uh he was in full uniform in his dress blues he's looking pretty sharp. And, army, uh, dress blues. army army dress blues excuse me sorry i have to make sure we can oh i hate to cross over and try and compare the marine dress uniform Whew. but there there were some shared there were some shared bromance moments and it was beautiful and very impactful and i those if that's not enough to make your tear ducts work jeff daily i don't know what it is because those two adore each other they, do, they really they do, do. they had so much fun together
1: I mean so. watching them watching them the way that they were and being in New York City I just kept thinking of uh uh sleep is in Seattle I thought they were gonna go to the top of the Empire State Building and promise to meet there and have oh, everything get in their way great. and then they would just find they would just find each other
2: they could have met at top of the rock at the Rockefeller Center and they could have overlooked the entire landscape while you know, the city lights and they could have sang some Frank Sinatra you know, they could have done. I it mean, all. They, they did. Had it all. They did.
1: They did do all that. Now, I just want to make sure that everyone knows in the show notes, you can find uh, links to the parade where you're going to see a lot of these pictures. You can find a link to the, the uh, Chinese Memorial Post 1291, and uh, also the 9/11 Memorial. I, on- I only got to see the memorial. I didn't get to go in the museum because the slots were filled up, and I had to catch a plane. Uh, so i couldn't get in um early enough to then still comfortably make it to my flight did you you didn't happen to go in the the museum did you
2: so i have been to the 911 memorial museum uh, a few years prior It would have been like 2015 2016 i went it's a very emotional it's a, like when you you start it's all the way through like you're going to feel a certain way when you're when you're done you will feel exactly or it's a very seldom. Oh, I I don't know how to describe it. Like you have to go. Um, it's it's very impactful. I I will just I will Flight. leave it at that. It's very moving. It's very emotional. Um, I think about the one piece that's there that I think I, all the time. There is a timepiece from I believe it was recovered from Flight 93, and it shows the exact time that the plane went down. It's just frozen in time. It's just someone's like, Rolodex gold watch and in, i don't know why that was the one that's like the one thing that like always brings me back to that memorial the museum is like how impactful that moment was and that impact is now everlasting and it's captured on the rolodex and that was just something that i remember from you know again it was years before I, it's been years since i've been there um
1: actually you were so you were so impacted you made up a, a whole new watch brand uh you met a, a rolex then and-
2: I'm Rolex, sure you met a Rolex. Rolex? Yeah. Rolex. Yeah. What do you say, Rolodex?
1: <laughs> you <said> Rolodex. <laughs> I do have a
2: pretty so good Rolodex. <laughs> I, uh, Sorry. I'm, I'm not going to gonna,
1: serious,
2: I'm not, gonna, I'm not good.
1: I'm not going to follow I'm... that up with anything inappropriate, <laughs> but I will say I didn't even make it inside the museum and I had a pretty impactful moment uh, out here in West Hollywood. A person who used to be in charge of the West Hollywood commission and visitors bureau, uh, who I knew pretty well, then he, uh, his brother, was uh the pilot of american Airlines 77 and i Mm -hmm. found his name you know because when you go around the big thing there's all the names everywhere and because uh, you could easily kind of find the flights they group those together and give a little header so i was able to find his name and that made me pause for a minute i never met him directly but i knew how much it affected his brother and uh so that was, that was my, that was my second, uh, glad my tear ducts were removed in the Marine Corps. Uh, but it was, and it was amazing. I, I you see people going there, uh, obviously for the first time and they're really searching around and, uh, taking pictures, but they're really respectful. And we are going to take a break because we're all getting a little choked up here. And I hope that if any of you have been to the memorial or the museum, if you have anything that you want to share, you can send those in to us and maybe maybe we'll have time to read them in a shout out or some uh, rapid fires in a future episode. So we want this conversation to be with you, not at you. So let's go to break.
0: Are squirrels nesting in the backseat of your old car? Is the trade-in value less than the cost of towing it away? The American Legion Vehicle Donation Program is your solution. Tax-deductible auto donations not only get rid of that old clunker, they help American Legion programs and services. Learn more today by visiting legion.careasy.org or call 844-4LEGION. That's 844-453-4466.
1: Okay, Ashley, Topic. this is actually topic two. This is all you.
2: All right, so this one's really interesting. And I had to do some research on this because I definitely don't have any sort of labor law background, but uh, military.com did an interesting article um, really focused on Hartford, Connecticut, or the Connecticut National Guard. It's entitled Union seeks bargaining rights for National Guard members. So Labor unions have filed a lawsuit seeking collective bargaining rights for Connecticut National Guard members on active duty ordered by the governor, saying that they should be entitled to organize the same way as civilian state employees. So there is a 1978 federal law that makes it a criminal felony for members of the armed forces, including the National Guard, to join or attempt to form a labor organization. But the statute only applies to service members when they are on active federal Duty ordered U.S. military officials say, you know, and this is, of course, according to the Veterans uh, Legal Services Clinic at Yale Law School. Again, way above, way above my level. So basically, the the folks that are representing uh, the Connecticut State Employees Unions that filed this lawsuit against the U.S. Attorney General, um, U.S. Attorney General, excuse me, U.S. Attorney General and the Department of Justice, et cetera, and basically. There hasn't been any comments uh there was a decline comment obviously from connecticut national guard about the lawsuits claims and it's basically saying that the national guard has no bearing on the court interpretation of the federal law it's it's really interesting because you know when we're on state active duty orders like we're, we're proud to help, we're, as a former guardsman you know when you're on state active duty orders uh you're on that duty level right you know we're proud to help our, our home state respond to natural disasters public health crisis other emergencies Uh, So it's interesting that this has kind of come about because they're looking to have the same opportunity to join together as do civilian state employees alongside whom they work. So obviously National Guard, you know, you're you're doing your weekend tour duty. You're doing your your annual trainings throughout the summer. The National Guard format and training has changed, I would say, since about the 10-year span almost that I've like been in and out now, like it's changed. So, I'm interested in what your thoughts are on this, Jeff. And then I'm going to come back around and talk about a little a little bit about the employment support of the Guard and Reserve, because so I'm not sure how it all ties in with you, Sarah. But uh, go ahead.
1: I I don't. I think this. Uh, I think this lessens the operational readiness of the Guard. I don't think your 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 status at the moment, whether you're under state uh, jurisdiction or federal jurisdiction can matter as long as you are potentially going to be under federal jurisdiction. And kind of what started this was uh, they wanted to negotiate COVID, COVID policies, uh, but if the COVID policy that they come up with is inferior or less than, less strict than the federal one, they are not operationally ready to do their duty and also the, the, the military in general, and I don't care what level you're at is, is based upon, uh, you know, a chain of command and and following orders and doing what you're going to do. Are you going to, you're going to have a union rep show up because you know, you don't like something that's going on. I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's conducive to uh, a functioning military culture. And I also think it's a huge waste of time. And I'll say why, even if they win, I don't think that they will. Even if they win, all Congress has to do to overturn is make a law. So if if they do win this, Congress is going to, I think Congress will make a law uh, vacating whatever misguided uh, misguided, uh, judgment comes out of a court. So A, I don't think it's conducive to a functioning military. And B, I think it's a waste of time because it will it probably won't win. And even if it does, it will be I think Congress will fix it.
2: Yeah, you bring up. I'm glad you mentioned. So this this all started with the bouts of the the Covid-19 safety precautions. So even though the state's employees were working directly alongside and they were able to voice, you know, uh, Covid-19 testing, safety shift concerns to other necessary precautions. I guess, I guess that wasn't happening or, you know, but again, like you come back to like, you're a part of a, you know, uh, you, you're a part of the branch of the military and like you, you sign on. And I feel like there's, there's like some waverable, like this takes precedence when on duty versus So I'm understanding it again. Like I don't have a law background. I'm pretty novice on this just based on what I've read, but. My understanding, while I was in, in the guard, is that you know the Uniform Services Employment and Reemployment Act, the USERA, the federal law that establishes rights and responsibilities of uniform service members and their civilian employers. So, what this I know I'm interpreting this. If I am interpreting this correctly, is that they want to have the same benefits as state employees because they fall under the state jurisdiction if they were to be deployed by the governor for. You know, ever whatever, whatever which way, but UCERA is a federal law intended to ensure that persons who serve or have served in the armed forces, reserve, national guard, and other uniformed services are not in a disadvantage of their civilian careers for service. Promptly reemployed if need be, they're not discriminated against in employment based on past, present, or future like military service. Um, and to your point, Jeff, like they would like, you know, Congress would just have to make an extension of this because right now, like the law for you, Sarah, and again, I might be incorrectly using this, but the law is intended to encourage like non-career uniform services of the United States so that they can also enjoy the protection of, of those services and then be staffed by like qualified people and maintaining balance and needing both private and public employers. So I'm just interested in I, I'd love to hear back from folks in our audience if they know more about this or if they have an you know, opinion on this. But, you know, there's a bunch of different things that the employment uh, or excuse me, employer support of the Garden Reserve do, but it sounds like the state wants to have the full and final authority to unionize to say, hey, we don't like this. With the I don't state think guard, that's excuse true. me. The no? state guard
1: does. I don't I don't the think the state, state government the state government is, is I don't think has taken a position on this,
2: mm, but
1: okay. yeah, it, I, this is where I, w- I wish, uh, our, our partner was I, here.
2: I know this is perfect for him. I'm sure ugh, we're going to, we will, you know what? we He's will gonna check- be in our comment box. He's going to be like, y'all should have said this. This is what I think about this. I could see it already.
1: Well, we will, we will talk to him and we will see, uh, we are going to move on now though, to topic mm-hmm. three. Yeah. The rising cost for troops pay and benefits could hurt military readiness experts warn. I'm not gonna read all of this. Uh, I'm not gonna read much of this. I'm gonna to try to paraphrase based on my excellent memory. Uh, so the, the story here is that while well, the, the, the part of the budget that pays for active duty personnel has shrunk, the part of the, the, part of the budget that pays for pensions, retired folks, has exploded. and they're, what they're saying is it's, it's, uh, it's causing a readiness situation because that money could be used for equipment and such. Interestingly, I read another article where they're talking about problems with retention. You want to know a way to really screw up retention is to talk about lowering <laughs> their retirement if they were if they were going to stay for a full career. Uh, also in the article, they, they made it pretty clear that it's, uh, they think it's a big, a couple of these people think it's a really big problem. They also don't think, uh, there's no political benefit for politicians to back cutting pay for either people serving or pensions. In, In fact, it's probably the opposite. And also Congress has so many other things that are, uh, high profile, that this could become a distraction especially for those who have to seek um you know re-election so i don't know if i don't know if you have thoughts on this or not but i'm hoping that you do i hope you're uh, feeling a certain way about all the things
2: feeling about feeling a certain way about certain things let me give you my standpoint my perspective oh wait i have a tech issue where's my husband uh those are all of my catchphrases we're gonna do a word cloud and put it on a t-shirt that's all i'm saying uh, hey, where's my
1: dog where's, where's my, my dog, dog?
2: <laughs> oh there she is <laughs> actually she just popped up oh <laughs> right under my desk that's bizarre okay not actually that bizarre but so my thoughts on this are I was a little astonished so as I was reading through this they pointed out some significant statistics so wow oh Carmen has my doc has some things to say about this as well. So earlier in the fall, the CSIS uh, released a report noting that a number of active duty troops fell by more than 64% from 1952 to 2016. But the total DoD personnel spending rose about 110% over the same period. So the average cost per active duty service member f- uh, for the department's fiscal uh, 2021 year was 136 thousand dollars. So this takes into account things like basic pay, specialty bonuses, housing stipends, and medical benefits. So, you know, it's this is multifaceted, and I don't know if there's just one particular answer. I think you've hit the nail on the head from a political standpoint. That obviously, like no one in the, no one in the right mind is going to be like, oh yeah, let's cut the cost for the troops or, um. I firsthand saw issues with retention during my time in service, and you know there wasn't as much incentive for me as a Guardsman. I couldn't move around. There wasn't mobility in career. I, I couldn't, you know, climb up in, in promotion and do the things I wanted to. And I'm sure you know active duty folks will will take all those things into same consideration to include their families. And again, they have to you know pay pink tax on all their extra clothes, things like that. If you're uh, a woman in the service, for example, but there's childcare. There's so many things that I don't know. I'm just a little flabbergasted. I don't, I don't know, like, you know, if, if there's 2.4 million retirees receiving benefits compared to 1.3 million active duty troops getting them again, the deferred price of the military spending has to be dealt with. And that's, well, that's, a, that's away.
1: what they say. I don't agree. That's with
2: what that. they say. I mean, I, I mean, I don't have the answer for this. I think it's interesting and i'd be interested to hear what some of our viewership thinks about it
1: i mean uh, so here's the deal we're all we're all a little uh sensitive to these kinds of things because it seems like they ask they ask service people to go do things that could end their life or uh, drastically reduce their quality of life and then then the next time it comes around they're a spreadsheet item looking to change an algorithm, to decrease their fiscal quality of life. And that's offensive to me, especially the way that they talk about it here. And you know what else is, you know, what else gets rid of readiness, lack of good people, because if you don't mm-hmm. pay people, they're not going to want to be there. And you can have all the fancy equipment and stuff that you want. If you, if you got a bunch of knuckleheads out there trying to use it, it's not going to do any good pay your people, get good people, I'm gonna calm down after we get back from this break.
0: There's nothing better than seeing a child's face light up at Christmas. This year, the American Legion is joining forces with the Marine Corps Reserve Toys for Tots program to make sure that winter supply shortages and price increases don't prevent happy smiles this holiday season. We're concentrating our efforts on areas where there are service gaps that the American Legion can fill. To find out how you can help, visit toysfortots.org/campaigns.
1: All right, and here's our rapid fire, and I'm going to introduce a new piece to this. It's called "Guess Who's Guess Who's Back." First, first one is Fort Hood. Fort Hood soldier charged with murder of fellow soldier and mother of his child. This comes from Stars and Stripes. A Fort Hood soldier was indicted Wednesday on in a charge of murder in the death of a fellow soldier who was the mother of his child. I'll skip down to this. In the days before the shooting, Martinez had filed a petition to establish paternity for the couple's child. According to Bell County court records, the case was closed. That case was closed on September 22nd, but an arraignment for the enhanced charge is scheduled for December 16th. Fort Hood.
2: For good, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Could this have happened anywhere
2: else? Lot of lot of. Mm, gosh, it's a shame because you know you know there's good people there, and then the, just this stuff happens, and it just floods the media, and everyone just like, it just kills me you know This is terrible. Mm-mm.
1: You know what for? You know what the good people are doing? Every day they're filing, they're filing to get transferred. I guarantee it. Place totally. needs to be burnt Place needs to be burned to the ground. Although although it's it's too big and. It has too many uses, and there's things that are only done there. It's probably never going to go away, but I can only wish. Let's go to Rapid Fire 2, second segment of Look Who's Back. Uh, this time, it's the Tiger King. Ashley, I talked to you about this a little bit yesterday. Did you see the trailer and so or the first episode?
2: I watched the trailer. I have, uh, I'm, I'm going to watch some of the episodes probably this week. Uh, <laughs> I just can't. There's this only so five. Much. There's only five okay uh yeah i saw the trailer i I just can't i just i don't even know I just, it's just well, it.
1: we need to put it out there though in, in case people are new to the new to the family uh, we'll call them alphas in case there's some new alphas out there uh we we during the pandemic like the rest of america clung to this crazy show that probably would never have been a hit if it wasn't for the pandemic uh, and and so that's why we're talking about it. It has nothing to do with the military. It's just craziness that got us through and it's back. So we can't abandon them when they really helped us through. But we're going to we're gonna reserve comment on it until Ashley has seen some episodes. I will say that by the time this airs, it will have already been released. So get the self to Netflix and get you some Tiger King action. All right, we ready for Rapid! This is not a guess who's back. This is from the national commander. Actually, do you have that in front of you, Ashley?
2: I do. I do. do you want to
1: read his? Do you want to read his letter?
2: I can. So, dear American Legion family members and friends, the American Legion is conducting a survey to assess how the pandemic has affected the overall physical and mental well-being of veterans. You can take the survey in the link in our our show notes. But a two or me, a 2021 mental health survey open through November 28th will keep the identities of participants anonymous. A central objective is to research of this research is to find effective ways to reduce and prevent veteran suicide after the past two years of social social isolation financial insecurity and loss of life it is important now more than ever to understand what works um, in this constantly changing landscape in 2019 6261 veterans were lost to suicide compare that sobering number with the 7000 and or 7000 and 57 killed in uh, post 9 11 war operations. However, for the first time in 20 years, we have seen a decrease in veteran suicide. Still just one veteran lost to suicide is too many. And I'm calling on you to take the survey at our our post show link to encourage um, our fellow brothers and sisters in arms to and encouraging other excuse me, encouraging our fellow brothers and sisters in arms to participate. It takes less than 10 minutes to complete the survey and all responses are confidential no personal information is collected. The survey results will be instrumental in the American Legion's efforts to improve mental health treatment for veterans, reduce the veteran, me, reduce the suicide rate and shape our policy and resolutions on important issues that matter to you. We must act now no veteran left behind. Sincerely, Paul E. Dillard national commander.
1: Yep. I agree with him. 100,000% take mm-hmm. the survey, have everyone take the survey, pass the survey around, share the survey, uh, say the word survey until it annoys people into taking the survey. Survey. Okay, so now we have, uh, we have a real quick uh, shout outs of thankfulness. It's only, in, yep, you only have until the 28th, so get on top of it right now. So I, I, I'm going to do my first little thankful shout out. Um, I'm always thankful for my family and friends. But these last few years, I've made some really great relationships with veterans in my post and now really across the state and the country. I personally don't think we tout camaraderie and lifelong friendships as a benefit of the American Legion enough. The pittance of dues is such an affordable entree to a club of the world's finest human beings and that truly is an amazing benefit to this organization. Uh, On the outside of the Legion portion, I am really thankful for what I think is the end, what I think is we're trending towards the end of this pandemic and I'm thankful that I can go eat food that I haven't cooked. I'm thankful that I can go eat food with uh, people's faces who aren't on my my big screen TV, but in real life, I'm thankful for all the human interaction and opportunities that we have in this post COVID world. Ashley, do you have any? Thanks? I
2: just wanna say, I, I love what you just said. I think that camaraderie is what allows us to gather at the Legion table. And you know, our four pillars of the American Legion, those are those are really the the things that that, you know, that strengthen us, that unify us. And that table, no matter where we are in the country, no matter how we're, you know, we're decorating or what we're serving on that table, it's the people that come together that really make the magic happen. And I think you've hit the nail on the head with that and you know I just say, you know, welcome to the table. Welcome to the American Legion. You know, this is this is what it's all about. This is our second service. This is camaraderie at its finest. And um, us as human beings being the best versions of ourselves and the best of each of the generations that um, have, you know, since followed and will be Um, my shout out. I just wanted to, you know, one more time, just give a, a quick thank you to, um, Lieutenant B R Cumla uh, Chinese Post uh, uh, 1291. I've never met such incredible people all in one place that have such a uh, a stakeholder and constant contribution to their community and uplifting folks during COVID. You know their their post was a uh, a pivotal or uh, a critical uh, location that was open during, you know, the attacks 9-11 all the way up to present day, you know, they are continuing to utilize their space and their time and their resources to uplift that community. And uh, I'm just really proud that I get to meet people like that and be mentored by folks like that. And again, for them to share their excellent cuisine with us and uh, be at that table, you know, even though it was a different dish, it was a different conversation. Uh, we all came together for the unification of camaraderie and second service. So I thought it was really meaningful. So that's my Thanksgiving message to everybody give thanks. And, uh, you know, thank you.
1: All right. So now that we're done with that and the recording is stopped, I'll go ahead and admit, I'm thankful to you, Ashley, wait, oh crap. We're still recording. Aww. You you didn't hear any, you didn't hear anything. My friends, you heard nothing. So don't forget. <laughs> Even in this holiday season, I know you're busy, but don't forget to subscribe to the Tango Alpha Lima podcast on the YouTube, the Apple podcast, the Spotify, or whatever the you consume podcasts at. While you're there, don't forget to rate us, preferably with not three or four stars. That's for people that are mediocre. Reward us with five stars and be thankful. And leave us a review. You can send us feedback and love notes to Lima at legion.org. For Ashley Marie, Gorburja super producer Holly, our missing comrade, the adjutant, Mark CV, and myself. National judge advocate. When I say adjutant, I gave him another promotion. He just <laughs> our National Judge Advocate, Mark CV I'm going to declare this Tango Alphilema mission episode 80. Oops.